I believe. I feel the scent of ash upon thee. Thou art the one of whom Uncle Gale spoke. The one to show me flame. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I don't know. Um, I just wanted to lean into my mic <laughs> for that good audio quality of my own confusion. Just real serious. I don't know. I can't think of like funny things anymore because I'm not in like, a funny mood, typically. Mm. Unless it's self-deprecating. Then I'm like firing on all <laughs> cylinders. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh start analyzing our own traits and you're like there's so much comedic ammunition here <laughs> also i feel terrible about myself <laughs> but that's uh that's life in our uh our generation you know yeah i say it's, that uh... but there are definitely people who are like they see the world significantly different or less uh cynically than i do in some ways and they're just like like my wife for instance She's super happy, joyful, bubbly. I can't relate. You know, I don't yeah, know. she's <laughs> kind of a C word, you know, <laughs> where, where she is compassionate, compassionate, curious, because she's a very friendly, Kind-ish. outgoing Wait. person. <laughs> um, but uh, that's no reason not to keep recording the podcast. So we'll pump one more out here. You physically uh, can't stop us. <laughs> right. People have tried. People have tried. Hey, actually, could, you, could you not? No. <laughs> no, I can't not. That's actually the most common request we get at the Gmail address. It's just like, could you just stop recording episodes? <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is it's like people could not listen, right? Like they could choose not to actually unsubscribe on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But instead, no, they write in like it's imperative that you just stop recording episodes. Me not listening is not enough. <laughs> That's oh, a so- podcast distancing. Don't mm-hmm. listen to it. Don't link it to your friends. Mm-hmm. Be careful oh what uh, media sources you go to. That would have made it. That would make a great joke. Just the anti, the anti share at the end. Unsubscribe. Dislike this. Uh, maybe we can see if our followers really get behind what we say if we actually ask them to stop listening if we see a dip in the numbers i'm concerned i'm very concerned (laughs) a final dip it goes to zero and it never goes (laughs) back up it's that final blip on the heart monitor yeah it's just a beep (laughs) um but hopefully you guys like this episode because it's going to be a long one. This is what, three, four hours playing, something like that? Yeah, it's like two Joe Rogan podcasts mushed together. <laughs> right. What I have plans. I actually just have the audio for two Joe Rogan podcasts, so we'll sign off now. Here you <laughs> go, guys. <laughs> um, this has been uh, very long awaited, though. Yeah. 
Um, we specifically did not record this one. Let's never talk about the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. We specifically waited to record this one because we realized that we were doing essentially one a year. Yeah. So we wanted to space it out to be impactful. And we screwed up with Sekiro. Because I remember like when we signed the contract in Blood back when we started, we're like, all right, we will record the podcast until we run out of FromSoft games. And it's just like, oof, it's a lot of impetus here. A lot of impetus. Jokes on them, going to go back to Demon Souls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Please, please no. Please no. (laughs) Don't write in. Don't request anything. No. um, But yeah, uh, this this one's Dark Souls 3. The third game. Hell fucking yeah. In the Dark Souls series. Spoilers. The best game in the Dark Souls series. Yeah, I fully stand by that. Um, I have like a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to say, no, uh, one is actually... One, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, one has a lot of nostalgia with it. Um, and as much as I loved like the design and how it kind of like set the stage for what I know of FromSoft stuff and what to expect... Um, it's clunky as fuck and Dark Souls 3 is smooth as butter in comparison <laughs> you can tell how smooth it is because you can roll for days <laughs> that is one of the uh, dinks kind of against PvP mm-hmm. is uh, I'm gonna go roll. hit that guy and you just see them keep rolling 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 <laughs> it never stops yeah um, yeah they they really evolved in their knowledge of the kinds of games they wanted to make over the series and reacted to fan feedback. So like um, Dark Souls 1, you mentioned, brings us in and has a lot of clunky features, but really cool ideas no one else is playing with. It'll It's timeless for that. Oh, yeah. Um, Dark Souls 2 was the second one in the series. <laughs> I, I appreciate Dark Souls 2 for a lot of reasons, but it's hard to weight it against one in three for like core excuse me core gameplay um but they learned a lot they learned a lot from one and they learned a lot from two and they learned a lot from bloodborne and they put it all together in three yeah um three does not feel as slow as any of the other games Mm -hmm. which i assume is what you were implying with the the bloodborne bloodborne yeah (laughs) it just it rewards you for knowing the actual skill sets the move sets mm-hmm. um and also like every time you do an attack or a roll it's not punishing you as heavily with your stamina yeah mm-hmm. but because it gives you more of like these these freedoms of options where you're not being punished as hard they're like the bosses though yeah. um, <laughs> they have been able to kind of upgrade their capabilities as well as far as move sets mm-hmm because if you had somebody like Dancer in Dark Souls 1, there's no, no fucking way. You wouldn't be there's able no to. Way. That's like, uh, just to compare the two games, like you mentioned, Dancer, amazing in Dark Souls 3. Moonlight Butterfly in Dark Souls 1. You know, like, there's a huge improvement in the bosses, you know, across the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the squinty eye. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so some of the notable differences. I mean, the core gameplay, still definitely Dark Souls. Um, gear, rings, uh, optional faith, sorceries, weapons, exploring, finding bonfires, getting through levels, beating bosses. That's all there. Um, oh, I'm glad they didn't remove <laughs> remove all of those. <laughs> Just to establish for the listeners, base features. 
Um, so you can go back and listen to our ep- other episodes. Most of those things will still apply. Uh, but it's very fast. Stamina regenerates really fast. You can cancel out of some attacks that there's no way one would let you cancel out of. That's the biggest no difference way, no. for me. It's like if you swung your sword in one, you were in the animation for like the entire swing and then you moving your sword back down to your side. Yep, you had the, yeah. the input lag. <laughs> right. Whereas if I'm rolling around with Uchi Katana in three, I can do like a forward slash with my R1 mm-hmm. and then kind of input like roll immediately after. Yeah. So no, you can just cancel out. You can like dodge back, do all this nonsense, and um, it's it's really fast. Uh, but even though it's maybe less faithful to like night v night combat, which was more of what one was doing, um, it makes the game more fun when it's played like that. And that's the reason a lot of people love Bloodborne for how hyper aggressive it is. Um, I think it's the same reason a lot of people love three and yeah. you just you can react to things much faster i gotta say um like with all things i usually kind of start sword and board and i'm very i like to be the uh the meat pie that kind of goes out and does things <laughs> it's very physical and can tank a lot of damage uh, but as soon as they removed my shield in bloodborne and they're like hey you could parry i was like i'm not learning that and then <laughs> I just forced myself to become aggressive and learn my ranges. Yeah. Bloodborne definitely like pushes aggression even harder than Dark Souls 3 does just because of the um, I can't remember the name of the mechanic, the reclaim or whatever. You get health back if you attack an enemy right after they've hurt you. I just call it shitty lifesteal, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get the health back. So just like relentless aggression and dodges is all you need. Mm-hmm. Um. And Dark Souls 3, definitely not that fast, but still still really freaking fast. Um, we played through some of this co-op as well. Um, we are filthy casuals. We are absolutely filthy. But th- to be fair, this is probably my third time playing the game. Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably three or four. Yeah. Um, so every time I do like a FromSoft game, I always like to start out with like a it's solo, it's just me. And then afterwards, might go back and dick around. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed going back for my multiplayer Sekiro runs, uh, doing a lot of online co-op there. That was a good time. So it was good to do that in Dark Souls 3 as well. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Objection. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Um, yeah, there's no multiplayer in Sekiro. But... Uh, one of the reasons we appreciate so a lot of times when we go back and play these games we do run through co-op and co-oping in one you had to install a mod like the ds fix mod basically to make it reliable because that was all peer-to-peer nonsense co-op in two you had to equip rings um to make it more likely to see each other you had to pick the same god right yeah the other key thing there is in one and two you had just two ring slots you know one per hand i would call them bracelets at that point but dark souls (laughs) small bracelets you can be the bling bling ring king with up to four rings which is pretty nice yeah and you don't have to use one of them for co-op um dark souls 2 also had a soul memory feature which is controversial to say the least where as you gathered souls by killing enemies bosses whatever 
um, that was always tracked. Every soul you accumulated was tracked. And if you didn't spend those on level ups and you lost them all, eventually you could actually, your soul memory could be so far off from your co-op ally that you couldn't co-op anymore. Um, what were you playing on your own? You can't, you can't have friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it was meant to avoid like griefing people going through the whole game, joining invasion covenants, coming yeah. back to the starter level at level four and being like, Hey, welcome to the game. Flaming longsword, um, or lightning or whatever. But, uh, Dark Souls 3 just gave up on that. They're just like, hey, if you want to play with a friend, you can use a password. And if you have the same password as another user, you will have no problem finding each other's signs because they show up real fast. And it doesn't matter how far apart your, your characters are. You'll always be able to play together. Yeah. Um, it was super convenient in comparison. Another convenience of co-op while we're on the subject is... Um, Jake could join my game or I could join his. Uh, we'd be friendly phantoms. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say we beat the boss in Jake's game. We'd have to go back to my game and do a right summon him in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, like Jake can throw me like some token items. Yeah. Like uh, I think you gave me some e- embers. Yeah. I, I kept trying to give you embers, but you're like, no, nah, I've got some of them sitting here. Yeah, on, like, I, a stack of I always had embers. There was a couple of but this is uh, all like, leading up to things. Crafting resources, but you had to have them. This is all leading up to. <laughs> you can also give people weapons. True. So Jake, who had played ahead of me a little <laughs> bit, because uh, when Jake's into something, he's into it. Uh, so he was playing a lot more, and I was diversifying my bonds game-wise. He said, oh, I can take your weapon, and since you don't have this gem, to enhance your weapon to be off of a specific type of stat scaling i can do that for you make it sharp okay yeah yeah, cool sharp i'm going dex whatever let's do it so i give it to him comes back and he's like hey here's that thing jake i don't see the item jake <laughs> yeah did you drop it he's like yeah i dropped it right here <laughs> so jake nice man that he is also had apparently upgraded my weapon uh increasing its stats by giving it like a level boost but because it was higher than the highest level of item that i had given him uh, i couldn't pick it up yeah i trimmed his armor then traded it back to him in the wilderness yeah um (laughs) what's great is that that happened only one time we learned from our mistake is that right jake yeah that was that was it i didn't make any more mistakes like that (laughs) And I didn't end the game with like five Uchi Katanas in my inventory. <laughs> it was, I think I had two or three by the end. But the first time was funny. The second time was like, Jake's definitely fucking with me. <laughs> no, I'm just that bad at this. Um, I accidentally upgraded the second one. That wasn't intentional. Um, that was a good laugh, though. I did get my weapon back and I was a, a swole dex boy. Force you to diversify your kit for a bit. You couldn't use the Uchi Katana for the entire game. I think, <laughs> I, literally... I, think I use like a whip or something. I'm like, yes, this is me now. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long fall from the Uchi to the whip. Uchi doesn't have whip range, Jake. Come on. That's true. I was Ivy Valentine up on those enemies. If range is everything, you should just go crossbow, though. <laughs> uh, alas, I would need ammo. But yeah. I could kill any dragon. That's true. Um, yeah, they have some limitations on trading 
for that to keep people from twinking too hard. Um, I feel like it should be defined twinking. I don't know. No, we're, no, we're going to let people it. think it's a gay thing. We'll move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, one thing I appreciate about Dark Souls is if you played the full series, all of the they reuse. <laughs> this sounds lazy. They reuse items, weapons, um, and most of the time their movesets are very similar to previous entries. Mm-hmm. Um, and the infusions are like similar and like there's variation. But if you're really comfortable with like Claymore or Longsword or Uchi Katana, um, it remains, it usually remains um, very familiar um, through the series. Yeah, it doesn't really strike that diversity between games for weapons specifically. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, hey, here's how characters operate as far as a lot of the spells as well will carry over with some additions being added. Yeah. But if you're like, this is the one thing I like in Dark Souls 1. Can I do in Dark Souls 2? Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> the environment's going to change. The enemies are going to change. Uh, but you can still use that same tool set to approach that issue, which is nice. Yeah. They do actually, like, the availability of certain items varies through the series. But Uchi Katana, which you used for this playthrough, is really available super early in one. Like, first area. Um, you just have to be a heartless killer. Um, also available in three in the first area. <laughs> True. You just have to be a heartless killer. <laughs> and also good. <laughs> yes. Or cheesy. Yeah. Get the guy off the ledge. <laughs> um, what did you go this time around? I was trying to remember. Uh, so eventually I Did you go faith? This was it was a faith slash quality build. So I got strength up to twenty-four. Dex up to, I think, 16. And I used a Lothric Knight Greatsword as soon as I could get one. I gotta say, the one thing about Greatswords is uh, if you hit somebody, you see it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of attacks are just like batter attacks where you're just like, welcome to the sky. (laughs) You'll be up here. (laughs) Did you have a shield? That was cute. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, it's like, it's the most telegraphed of attacks. So mm-hmm. for PvP, not as reliable. Um, but if you space it out for an enemy, they're fucked. Yeah. One thing I noticed, um, uh, you talked, you mentioned PvP. I Anytime that I was uh, embered, which is like PvPable state, um, I was pretty engaged in like uh, multiplayer. Didn't matter whether it was like a week night, the weekend. Like people are still playing Dark Souls 3. Um, and it's been like, oh, I thought years. you meant like a week night. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, right. And then you're <laughs> making a joke off medieval. That yep, yep, no. yep, yep, yep. Oh, I should have, I should have, but yeah, it was very, uh, just uh, a lot of player based along. Yeah. Uh, tons of invaders and stuff like that. Um, I had, uh, one, one time I, and I invaded a guy, um, cause you can actually get the red eye orb like stupid easy compared to dark souls one, which requires you to basically requires you to basically either look it up or have already beaten the game once to figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, uh, but I had, had the eye and I was like doing some co-op and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, take a break and do a little PVP. Fought a guy lost, went back to doing the co-op thing, the sun bro, helping people with bosses. And the same guy that I, that had beaten me in PVP summoned me in. Um, 
and we ended up beating the boss together. And then I just spammed out this, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. And he spammed out, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then like right before it faded, I just paused for a second. I was like, thank you. And then it disconnected and I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love little things like that. I don't think I've mentioned this in the past, but I love the Dark Souls community. Mm-hmm. I love it so much because there's outside of like, let's say forum posts and maybe setting up discords and stuff and like connecting outside of the game. There's not really a lot of ways to communicate in the game. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to like those carving stones to do little emotes or gestures. They're yeah. just little things you pick up. But one of the things I love about the community in that same regard is fight clubs. Oh yeah. I have never been to a fight club outside of <laughs> dark souls three. Because it was uh, right after Pontiff Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Sullivan? Sullivan, yeah. Sullivan. Ponsel. Sully. Sully. Pine Sol. It's like right after that boss fight, there's like a decent little circular arena. So a lot of people kind of set up camp there, summon in some of their own friends, and then also use an item to allow other phantoms to join. Yeah. Um, so I joined one of these. I think accidentally like, I was just trying out invading because I'm not mm-hmm. an aggressive person. I don't want to join people's games to fuck them up. Right. Now I do. Um, <laughs> Bloodlust. But I, Bloodlust. <laughs> I saw like uh, a guy sitting up top and like two people next to him. And then I saw one guy in the, the circle and I'm like, oh, this is an arena because like nobody attacked me when I came in. And yeah. I kind of understood to go into there. And you do like a gesture at the guy and then you fight each other. Yeah. And then I think I won my first fight and then like somebody else came in to fight me and I died after a a couple. Mm -hmm. But again, no words exchanged. There was just an understanding. And that was so cool to me. No, it's it's freaking great. Um, That's one of the the red sign soapstone. It's necessary for that. And you can use that even after you've beaten the boss. Basically, I think it's the only one you can still use after the boss is dead in the host mm-hmm. world. So people use that for fight clubs all the time. And the host usually is unharmed. It's just invaders because red phantoms, red sign phantoms can fight other red sign phantoms. Mm-hmm. So it's just invaders fighting invaders and no one's bothering the host, but it's just a fight club. Because if the host dies, everyone gets sent back and that's the yes. end of the fight club. So why would you do that? There are rules. Yeah. Um. There's a one of the things I, I like about this one actually is um, if you one, it's super easy to switch covenants. They're just like items you equip in the covenant slot. You don't have to abandon another covenant. You can join everyone. Um, but a side effect of that is you can um, be a Sunbro warrior of sunlight covenant. And then if you invade or you get pulled into another world as a red phantom, uh, you don't show up as just a red phantom. You have the gold outline and then a red aura around it. Yeah. And it looks freaking metal. It's it's great. Solaire would be so disappointed in me. <laughs> no, it gives you flexibility too for um a certain point in the game in the uh, Deacons of the Deep in the church. Yeah. There is a uh, Rosaria who you can go and talk to her. And I think you have to exchange vertebra shackles or yeah, it's the, um, the, was it fingers? Fingers of Rosari is the name of the covenant. Um, 
uh, tongues, pale tongues, pale tongues, which you can get from doing their quest stuff. And you just can get some passively too. Uh, But you can exchange those and be like, Hey, um, I've been going a swole strength boy, but I want to try out decks or luck or just maybe go magic or like sorceries, something like that. Yeah. You can completely reallocate all your stats and you can do that up to five times, which is crazy. Whereas in dark souls, one and two you're like oh i can grind out some levels and maybe try and put points in you could do it in two but it wasn't as convenient you had to get the um it was like an orb or transfusion stone Mm -hmm. or something like that it was a consumable item and they were super rare um it's really easy to get pale tongues in this even if you're not part of rosaria's fingers Um, yeah i always feel like they seed each covenant item a little bit mm -hmm. which is nice Yeah, you can actually farm. um, It's funny because in three, you can actually farm all of the covenant consumables like necessary to turn in. So even the PvP ones, you could just fight NPCs and grab them. It's not as efficient as just joining a fight club. Um, But it's funny because they're like, hey, in case multiplayer dies, people could still progress in this covenant because they could like farm the NPCs. But it's the one that has really popular multiplayer still (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's actually it's hilarious uh the normal way you get um the sunlight tokens for warriors of sunlight is you help someone else beat a boss or if you're uh if you beat a boss with a sun bro in the room uh you also get a token it's the friendship jolly cooperation but if you invade is a red gold phantom you're warrior of sunlight and you invade a host and you kill the host, you get a sunlight token. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> if there's but a it's... sun bro and something happens, sunlight token acquired. <laughs> right. Checks out. Doesn't matter as long as we praise the sun. I can't say I have uh, really dabbled too much into covenants. Mm-hmm. I think I did Sentinels of Blue a little bit. Yeah. Or um, one of like the Farron Woods types where you're oh, yeah. protecting a region. Watchdogs. Yeah. Watchdogs of Farron is it in this one. Yeah. Like Watchdogs of Farron or something like that. Which is kind of cool because right. it it becomes like a, hey, you're on my turf type thing. Yeah. So you can just get summoned in to try and kill somebody minding their own business, just playing through an area. Um, but you're one of the defenders of that area. You also got it 100%. It is Watchdogs of Farron. I'm never wrong. Um, <laughs> there's two. I think there's there's three of those in total. Three area defense covenants in this. There's actually there were there was more covenants in two, but a lot of them were just like really specific, like um the Belfry Gargoyles covenant, where it's just like, hey, are you up on the roof? If so, we're gonna pile on you. <laughs> and that was literally all they did. In this one, there was a uh, Watchdogs of Farron, Aldrich Faithful which you're guaranteed to get jumped by as soon as you finish beating the Pontiff. Yes. And uh, Spears of the Church from the last DLC. I gotta say, that was probably the most boring. The Spears I of mean, the Church. It's very specific. It was kind of um, cool because that one was tied in with the boss fight. Yeah. But we should get yeah. some of the bosses. We should talk about some of the bosses. This game does have Dark Souls 3 has a very rich lore, very rich areas, very cool enemies, which we're not going to cover all of them. 
But mm-hmm. some of the set pieces throughout these areas are the bosses. Yes. It's kind of like the metric for uh, can you get to the next area, a.k.a. a boss. The, uh, the, the first boss. So this is, this is kind of a callback. I'm trying to remember if it was necessary in two. I don't think so. Um, one and three are both uh, games where you have a, um, a gatekeeper boss you have to beat in order to progress out of the first area. Yeah. I don't think it exists in two. It's just one and three. Um, and uh, so you wake up in Cemetery of Ash, just like next to a coffin. You're like, oh, t- time to be undead. Guess I'm <laughs> guess I'm Ash. Um, go through the tutorial. And then I'm going to let you decide how we're, how we're going to pronounce this guy's name for the duration of the episode. <laughs> I have always called him Ayudex Gundir. Ayudex Gundir. I like it. Sounds like a Gundam weapon. That's that's kind of why. <laughs> Ayudex Gundir. Yeah. Um, but after you go through this tutorial, and they kind of remind you, like, hey, here's how you do plunging attacks. Here's how you kick people in the butt. Uh, here's how you attack. Here's how you block. Uh, they're like, hey, go pull that thing out of that guy. And you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've played video games, you have a pretty good idea that this guy's going to animate and he does. And he's this giant plated knight with a halberd. Mm-hmm. Um, so you fight him a little bit, you get his health down to about half and then some Bible black stuff starts <laughs> happening and he gets this giant black swampy monstrous growth on let's say 70% of his body and it changes mm-hmm. up his move set. Um, and you kind of panic. So a lot of people will die to the first boss a couple of times because yeah. I didn't know that was coming. He has Las Plagas from Resident Evil. It's it's 100% exactly that. It's just the plague creatures that oh, okay. are created in Resident Evil. Um, yeah. The, you know what's funny? The first time I fought this guy is he's like in this kneeling position until you pull out the sword that's in him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize what I like the sword I pulled out of him was the sword you have to stick into the bonfire. Yep. The cold <laughs> so I was sword. just like, what am I uh what am I supposed to do after I got past that part? He's awesome by the way. I struggled with him so much the first time I played until like I got back into Dark Souls. Yeah, um, he's kind of like the initial check, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. But it's a good example of hey an animation is coming. You're like, oh, I'll dodge. It's like, yes. my animation was not done. Finishes animation, attack comes out. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I'm going to hit you, and you start rolling, and then the attack comes, and by then, you've already committed. Once you know the timings, it's like, the, the fight's done. That's the one mechanic you have to know for him. It's just dodge timings. Yeah. It's also a test of, did you pick deprived as your starter class? <laughs> if so, <laughs> remake. You know, like If you pick knight, you're probably okay. <laughs> you, you can just face tank this guy more or less. Not 100%, but it helps. Definitely helped. I picked knight the uh, most recent playthrough. Um, knight yeah, strength, you, I feel, is really easy to pick up if you're newer to the series. Yeah, we had... Um, I, th- I think my impression was that strength was probably the easiest to get into in three. Although after talking to some people, they say Dex is also like pretty, pretty starter friendly. You can, oh, yeah. you can definitely go Dex in three. Um, it's definitely less, uh, technically challenged. 
You're like, I'm going to hit that guy. It's either I'm going <laughs> to hit him once for a lot of damage or hit him a lot of times for a little bit of damage. Yeah, if you're coming, if you're coming from Bloodborne, I'd definitely recommend Dex. Just like get super fast, get the wood grain ring, roll for days. That's the obscure, I think. Uh, are there people to, above me? Probably. I'm just hearing there's, a weird squeak. Yeah, there's ghosts in the attic. Oh no! <laughs> My time. You get a ghost weird. in the attic. The second boss. <laughs> um. I I wanted to um to mention though it's it's really cool you ignite the I guess it's the second bonfire with the coiled sword mm-hmm. from um at Firelight Gundir yeah yes 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 and there's all these uh these like thrones about and there's the uh, the <laughs> I almost said fire linker that's not <laughs> correct um, firekeeper uh and. It's really freaking awesome. As far as the central location, it's my favorite in the series. Um, and all of the NPCs that you rescue were like bring back and find. The fact that they're all there in this really, really accessible space is just nice. Versus other games, you're like, where's Tim? Yeah. <laughs> Runs to the other side of like the main hub. Tim, there you are. Thank God. Uh, I wanted to sell this t- these two items. Okay. I got to go back to John to buy items. John! <laughs> it's always hilarious to me, though, whenever you find someone who's, like, suspended in a cage somewhere, and you, like, find the key for the cage. You open the cage, and the person's like, I will meet you back at town or whatever. And, like, Dark Souls 1 and 2, the NPC kind of just, like, stuck around. And Dark Souls 3 specifically they actually teleport. There's like a fading animation and they do a magical warp. And I'm just like sitting here looking at the cage. I'm like, what did I do here? <laughs> <laughs> if you could leave at any point, what did I do here? <laughs> I didn't want to come unless I was invited. <laughs> NPC follow the rules of it. Yeah, the rules of vampires. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, that also gives you warp as soon as you get that first bonfire. This is following in the trend of two and that they're just like, instead of the Lord vessel thing from one, just warp as much as you want. Just, yeah. just We're never going to keep you from doing that now. I think part of that too is um, they kind of departed from having this very intricate overlapping level design, yeah. which I know is something that's highly praised in one and for good reason. Um but other things for like in two and three, the levels are more disjointed and don't necessarily all connect to each other. Yeah. So it's easier just like, hey, you want to get back to there? Mm, you can warp. What's funny is like, I actually find two the most confusing, even though you can physically run everywhere. Um, I find it really confusing. I don't know why spatially. I think it's just because the paths between areas tend to extend a lot. But in three, you literally... Once you reach that first bonfire, you have to warp to the yes. next location, to the high wall. There's no other way to get there. And as soon as you're done with that area, you get carried to the next area. There's actually fewer connective pieces, but it confuses me less than two did, which well, I find funny. One thing that's nice in three is a lot of times when you're in a given area, you can look off in the distance and see another area. Yes, that's true. They brought that back from one. Um, yeah, I really do like that. It feels more connected i'm also like what's that shit can i go there <laughs> and it kind of like builds my anticipation as i progress through the game 
But I know you wanted to talk about the boss of a uh, high wall. So a little bit. Um, the dancer. Yes. <laughs> I have, it's fine. <laughs> so second boss, we don't need to hit all of these are necessarily even in order. Yeah. Uh, but Vort of Boreal Valley. What's Boreal Valley? Don't worry, we'll get to it. Yeah, um, we will get to it. Actually. Says the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's like this giant, literally thick boy. The man is all like, man, the thing, thing is all yeah. kind of like hips and thighs and legs and it's always kind of like hunched over and has like this big mace um <laughs> and we'll kind of do like these decently telegraphed attacks and the strategies usually stay behind and spank him in the ass right which is works Standard for a lot strength. of bosses yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good default to open with but once it gets to vort's rage state um you kind of like hear like this howl and he's like charging across this arena yeah. And then also has like a, a freeze breath attack. Yeah, he introduces frostbite, which I think is exclusive. I'm pretty sure that's exclusive to three. That's their new element. Yeah, it's it's functions similar to curse, right? Yeah, it like reduces your well, depends on which curse. <laughs> Dark Souls one curse killed you. <laughs> like outright killed you. Yes. Dark Souls two curse, I think, halved your health. Something like that. And then I guess it works I guess it at least my recollection, it doesn't work like curse. But apparently it works versus bosses. There are weapons that have frostbite you can use, like mm-hmm. the uh, um, Irithyll Rapier you can find. Um, rapier, Divine Rapier. Um, and apparently bosses are actually, a lot of them more vulnerable to it. Now, I don't know what they do if they have less stamina. This is all theoretical conjecture. <laughs> they just stop attacking, you're like, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm done, <laughs> I'm done. Um but yeah, he's an, he's he's a really interesting boss, and he's one of um, a set of like themed bosses that are all like the knights of the pontiff because he gave them all rings and deformed them. The dancer is the other one. Um, dancer is way better though. I feel everyone agrees. Oh, yeah. Thematically, amazing. Yes, I hate this boss, and it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's. Um. <laughs> I think everybody's in that boat. That's because the dancer is. Uh, Kind of challenging. Yeah. She has really good AOE coverage for a lot of things with like grabs, um, 10 hit combos and other things. But the whole time, the flow of the fight is very much like a dance. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of like learn the rhythmic timings and just kind of work with her movement. Yeah. She's all like flowing sweeps and she's got this like veil and a very ethereal look and is super live um and you either like you have to run away at certain parts dash out to avoid like constant swings and know when there's a vulnerable moment you can jump in and do some damage it just feels it feels so good for uh the pacing and i am so bad at that fight like (laughs) i i think i tried to cheese it a little bit early like i tried to get in there and because the reason I jokingly brought her up at the same time as Vort is because you can kill an NPC who will eventually die anyways in order to fight the dancer. Uh, and you can do this before you fight Vort. Yes. Um, but you don't have health at this point in the game. So no. dancer's a bad time. <laughs> but one thing you can do to kind of cheese that whole interaction. So initially I was talking about getting the Uchi Katana. Mm-hmm. There is a, 
a master, you can a sword master you can kill to get it. If you kill him, he can be a summon for the Vort fight. Yeah. Instead, don't fight Vort. Go <laughs> fight Dancer um, and have him as your summon. He doesn't yeah. deal a whole lot of damage, but boy, does he take some hits. <laughs> so you can kind of have him be like the chump block and you can do that fight super early. Yeah, the NPCs are like a lot of them are really hardy in three. And I think the multiplayer rules are still in fact, if you have an NPC, like the boss has more health. But sometimes it's worth it, especially if you're um, you're not the tank. It gives you a tank. Yes. <laughs> tank um, is very appreciated in those fights. Uh, but yeah, she's really interesting. Came back to her later because she was blocking the path to my sword. <laughs> and I was <laughs> my build <laughs> was hidden. You know, I couldn't get it and complete it until like halfway through the game. Yeah, you're funny. good at planning ahead for like, I want this item. Where is this item? And then makes like a tree of like, I need to do all these things. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, a new shiny item. Goddamn. <laughs> it's a fun game for that, though. Like you can use anything. Um, any, well, mo- some weapons are viable. I'd say half the weapons are probably You can viable. technically punch a boss to death. You can. I don't encourage it. The unarmed, uh, and this is actually hilarious. That's one of the, um. Uh, they have like fist knuckles weapons type things because mm. uh, um, there's a video, right? One of the one of the series that Young Maestro did was on unarmed. One of his fighters wasn't it karate? Oh, um, Maestro! Yeah, yeah. I was trying karate to guy with Maestro. Anyway, I was thinking was of Inferno Plus's One Punch Man. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after uh, after beating Vort, you go to Undead Settlement. There's a bunch of stuff there. Who cares about it? Um, it's it's a lot of. Uh, we'll we'll skip over some of these areas unless there's something that really stands out there. That's that's really cool. But, I'd say if there's like a certain area you really liked or a boss you really liked, yeah, should probably um, hit that up. The essential thing here is the. Curse Rodded Greatwood, which is a fight nobody really likes. Enjoys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a Metroid boss, right? Shoot the weak points, but you don't have a gun. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like go hit the weak points, but don't get slapped by a giant ant. Yes. A fat, very fat ant. Uh, but the reason you do it is because you get the transposing kill, which is basically the thing that lets you turn boss souls into usable items, spells, rings, all that stuff. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Like, I haven't explored nearly as much as I should, because usually I'm like, what's the damage compared to my weapon? Nah, nah, nah I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes they'll have literally the boss's weapon, mm-hmm. which might have, like, a unique moveset. Cough, yeah, cool cough, um, Abyss Watchers. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Abyss Watchers. Um, speaking of, why not cover Abyss Watchers? They're out there in oh my God. Deep, which is the swamp level, which every dark souls game has to have um this i know we're literally going through fast but i wanted to share one aside thing for swamp there's weapon arts which is like a special uses your blue meter your mana essentially in this and the dagger uh has a weapon art where you do a little dash forward a little dash forward you just like (laughs) jump forward and you can use it regardless of whether you have any blue meter or not you'll always be able to do the weapon art and if you just spam this move you can just dash through the swamp. Huh. So it's like a decent distance on the dash? 
Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're in water or not. It always moves you forward basically a little bit slower than a full run. But it's amazing in the swamp. This is advice for the listeners. I might have to go back and try that because does it even work for deep swamp? Yeah, any oh. any water at all. You just go. Hello. Yeah, it's amazing. You just turn into like, it's a really funny kind of shuffling animation too. You can imagine somebody like crouching low with a dagger in their hand and like trying to circle around on somebody, but that's great. But yeah, Abyss Watchers. Abyss Watchers is a really cool boss fight because you're not fighting one thing. Anytime you have multiple, it gets pretty interesting. Uh, You're fighting one Abyss Watcher, but like they're fighting each other at the same time. Yeah. And then like another Abyss Watcher comes in. So you're fighting like multiple dudes. Um, Yeah. The psychology of it's meant to ramp up too, because the first one is a one on one. Yeah. And you're like, I could take this guy. He has very low poise. You can stagger him, you can backstab him. Then another one he, comes up, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, then it's two. It's really hard to sustain then. You just try to fight for your life. Then you get boy number three. And boy number three is the red eye boy. Yeah. Um, all of his attacks are roughly the same moveset, but are better and have fire and leave trails. Yeah. There have been times where I've gone to like, oh, I'm going to backstab this guy. But he does this like full overhand slash that comes back a little bit. Thanks for the hitboxes, Sakurai. And then I can't backstab him because I, <laughs> right. like, I get flinched. Yeah. But the, it's just um, such a cool boss fight. And the red-eye guy is the guy that like assists you too um, in killing the other ones off, which is just really cool. He's the only fight, I think. He's the only fight other than like Iron Tarkus and the Dark Souls series where you can kind of, to a certain extent, sit, sit back and watch your buddy beat it for you. Yeah. But in this one is he's also the boss, um, and they all share he- they all share health. So as they're wailing on each other, boss's health is going down. You can just survive if you don't attack. You can get through phase one and into that fire phase you were talking about. He's so cool. Abyss Watchers also just Artorius. Artorius, anything with Artorius is awesome. I'm edgy. It's okay. Edgy. Um, uh, <laughs> anybody who has like one one big one handed sword and they're like this will be enough <laughs> right my his other arm is broken in that fight this is Dark Souls one yeah. his other arm is broken and he's kicking my butt and, with that's his his, and that's his good arm <laughs> yeah oh my gosh so freaking good so yeah they Abyss Watchers are amazing and I use their armor for most of the game because it's relatively light and it provides good protection and it looks also, stylish as hell. So much so. It's Bloodborne armor, actually. Like, it totally looks like yeah, Bloodborne. It has that vibe. Mm-hmm. Straps and leather and all that stuff. Whoa, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, Deacons of the Deep was okay. Wasn't, this one caused me more, more trouble this time. It The boss fight becomes very AoE heavy because you're literally fighting a uh, congregation. Not like Dark Souls 2. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> but like they'll keep summoning in more guys boss. and you have to hit the guy who's glowing and that will transfer mm-hmm. every so often yeah and then they start to channel like this giant death spell which will curse you which as we mm-hmm. said curse will just kill you yeah. um so you really have to work on your dps and like focusing down stuff but if you have big swings or big aoe magic very helpful yeah I didn't have AOE when I first attempted this and then I came back with some other weapons and I'm like, oh, this is much better. 
Also, Ring of the Evil Eye gives you health whenever you kill things. That's pretty good when you're just like yep. slaying thousands of priests. Um, uh, and Hollow Slayer Greatsword, also really good. Gives you health whenever you kill things. Hmm. There's a couple weapons like that. Here I am with my sippy cup like a plebeian. <laughs> and that channel, you can interrupt it. The 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 massive channel is like four different priests mm-hmm. all funneling dark energy into it. And so if you hit any one of them, it'll break the channel. But if you had to run away and hide, it goes through walls. <laughs> it's like you're, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, yeah, yeah, having just one katana did not assist me. It did not behoove me in this run. <laughs> um, Deacons is interesting, though. I'm not, I don't think I'm a huge fan of the, the gang fights, but... No. Uh, getting through... Uh, the catacombs of Carthus again, just you know, more catacombs. Same thing as you always need catacombs. You always <laughs> need a. Is that skeleton dead? Good. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> There's always a man. There's always the catacombs of Carthus. But no, uh, Wolnir is easily one of the coolest fights. Oh yeah, because it's one. The animation for it is you go up and touch a cup. Don't ever touch the cup. Don't touch the cup. And like black that- smoke spills out of this fairly small room mm-hmm. um but then you're in this kind of dark abyss you realize yeah. there's a bit of ground under you at like a slope and there's then you see item, right? hmm? there's one item for starting the fight too you have to run up and grab an item too before you see anything else there what item do you have to grab after the smoke i can't i can't remember what it actually is that you pick up it's something not too important but as soon as you pick up the item then you see yeah, Warner. fucking Highlord Warner, who is a gigantic skeleton. He has a crown, uh, two glowing bracelets. It's kind of like the old Nintendo fights or old game fights in general, which is mm-hmm. these big fucking hands you're watching out for. Yeah. Um, so it's a cool thing of like keeping your distance and going in. But then and you're in the abyss, basically, right? Too. Yeah, you can't run too far back or obviously into him would be bad. But yes. if you do run away from him, he starts like crawling up towards you, yeah. which is mm-hmm. spooky. It's very spooky. Sometimes he'll crawl anyways. And if you get underneath him, everything his like chest height and down is death. Like it's just tons of health, death, darkness, death. So you have to fight him kind of on his own terms. He starts summoning skeletons also because he's a jerk. But I mean, they die. Um, they, they do die. Because he does like these decently big AOEs where he'll take up a sword, plunge it into the ground, big magic AOE. And a skeleton's like, I didn't see that coming. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, but sorry, guy, you're dead. Should have called that one. <laughs> watch watch yeah. out. Oh, you're fine. Oh. But yeah, you break his. Uh, you can do damage to him normally, but if you break his bracelets, he takes tons of damage. And if you break both, it's an instant kill. He, uh, the bracelets are holy and they were, it's keeping him from falling to the abyss. So he actually slides down away from you. It's so good. Yeah. That they'd have a lot of good boss theming. So it's a unique boss fight. That's nothing I like about dark souls is there's very few boss fights from like, Oh, it's kind of just like that other one. Mm. Occasionally, like in every dark souls game, there's gonna be like a big demon fight. We're like, yeah, I get it. And you know what to do. But the other ones, you're like, what's happening? (laughs) And I like to see those changes and be challenged by them. Uh, Speaking of challenging fights, 
Yorm the giant is not one of them. No. <laughs> so I have a note here that he's kind of like a gimmick boss fight. Would yeah, you agree? he 100% is. Okay. Yeah. He has a stupid amount of health. Yeah, and you can fight him down, but he has really obvious telegraph moves. Hmm. And if you use the one weapon special art where they like provide you the weapon, it's like what, four hits? Five hits? Yeah, it's something really stupid. Storm Ruler yeah. is the, uh, the sword. It's a. It's actually like a. I think it's a great sword, but it has really low stat requirement and actually also trash damage. It's meant just for this gimmick. It is up near his throne though. This guy's a giant with a crown. He's one of the lords of Cinder, which we haven't talked about, but that's fine. He's you'll, you'll figure it out when you play the game. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, this is all motivation for you guys to get back in there. Um, but yeah, it's a hundred percent a gimmick fight. If you don't do that, it takes forever to beat him. Just ask the Lenny, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, he's interesting. I played with an NPC. There's a lot of NPC quests. I don't want to talk about at all because they're cool and they sort of don't matter, but it's in there. There's some of the best the series I think has to offer. And this is where the onion Knight uh, quest uh, culminates. He helps you fight his old friend Yorm and he has his own storm ruler and he makes the fight stupid easy. Because he can win it on his own. Yeah. You can literally sit back. Or you can like alternate storm rulers to keep him just staggered. Mm -hmm. It's silly. Yeah. Um, What else do we have here? We have Aldrich. Aldrich is there. He's in an interesting location. Yeah. um, Aldrich is in Anorlando of all places. Dark Souls 3 original location. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as we know with Dark Souls series, you are kind of split between time and time will and worlds will kind of overlap on each other. So just interesting to go back to Anorlanda, which was a very iconic place in Dark Souls 1 for Mm -hmm. the bullshit archer situation, (laughs) a really cool castle, uh, sunset design, and then the big boys themselves. The archers aren't as bad this time, though. There's oh dear god up. no yeah um yeah i think i think i remember when we got to Anne orlando when we were all kind of playing through this and we're just like the first time that pops up was such a like mind-blowing moment i think i messaged you on discord I'm like yo hit me up in like 10 minutes because i think i was like <laughs> i was slightly ahead of you i was like let yeah. me know what you think and you're like dude i'm like he's, he's not what i saw we're good and the the way the way they get around with this, we talked about how they have all the same weapons. Um, there's a lot of items that are legitimately like they reference lore from Dark Souls One, oh, but yeah. because they're all in this multiverse thing, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just a different world. You know, I didn't put together the pieces, but Dark Souls Three actually takes place in the future after Dark Souls One in the same location, and that was the reveal that like yeah. blew my mind. So the other tie-in with that is Aldrich looks specifically like another character from Dark Souls 1. One of the Gwyns. Gwyndolin. Yep. Dark Moon like Gwyndolin. A, like a pandolin. So Aldrich is kind of like a demon worm creature. Yeah. And he kind of ate Dark Moon Gwyndolin. And so yeah. his top half looks like Dark Moon Gwyndolin and is like casting magic and spells um, but it's also this giant slug. 
Yeah, he got the title Devourer of Gods, which, you know, that's pretty metal, I guess. That's pretty metal. Alas, I'm just Dave, Devourer of Cheesesteaks. <laughs> that's still pretty good, though. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, He's an interesting fight. It's a pain. The only notable spell is his um, magical arrows, which are always, always the worst. Yeah, they kind of just shoot from the sky and track you. So if you ever stop running, you're probably dead. <laughs> it's actually a harder fight for magic users to deal with. Usually they can cheese out a lot of bosses, but this guy is resistant and he punishes people that are stationary. So <laughs> what if we didn't? <laughs> yeah. It's also a fun fight because um, if you're following uh, Henri's storyline, which I don't want to really get into. All the but, NPC uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, for the NPC stuff. Um, Henri has reason to fight this guy. Henri's always the opposite gender or whatever your character is. Opposite sex or whatever your character is. So if you're male, she's female. If you're female, she's male. He's male. I, I was <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, if you follow the quest all the way up to this point, there's a sign next to a little uh, glowing orb uh, to like light the way. Um, and if you use that, you get summoned into their world and help them beat the boss. I always like awesome. that, yeah. It's so cool. And so you can actually practice fighting the boss because if you die, um, it just kicks you back to your sign. Because the summon, if you're a summon, you don't tend to lose things in Dark Souls. No, you don't get penalized yeah. for that. So if you die, you go right back exactly to her sign. <laughs> You're just like, all right, well, I'll just use it again. <laughs> Try again. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really, really cool fight. And has a bunch of lore implications that you can go to Vadi for. <laughs> Vadi for almost all lore. Especially about Vor. Aldrich, the power <laughs> of gods. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some other, there's a couple cool ones. I don't want to hit on too many of these, but um, one of the locations is Untended Graves. That was another scary, like, mind screwy moment because mm-hmm. it's it's the same area as where you start the game, but it's super, super dark. And the boss is just a much more capable gun deer. <laughs> What's his name in this one? Champion Gundir. Yeah. Champion. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... I don't think this one transforms. No. But uh, his movesets are not as telegraphed. Um, They're not (laughs) really big and slow. He's a legit fighty boy. And I think this area is actually something they haven't really done too much in the series where it's... It's kind of like reality adjacent to the normal timeline that you're in. So untended graves is uh, a world where he was chosen to be Ash, but he awoke too late and the fire faded, which is really interesting. And if you find the firekeeper's eyes in this location, that leads to a different ending um, where you screw everything over. Yeah, I never <laughs> really well. went with them. Um... No, I think I did go evil almost every single time. <laughs> I like when games. But it wasn't evil to me. No, I, it's a, it's a game. <laughs> I just I like having that option mm-hmm. where it's not you go through a game and you get the same ending cutscene that everybody does because you do have the choices along the way for how is this outcome going to be and there's so many NPC storylines you can interact with 
which yeah. could play a part in that. Henri's being one of them. Um, I just like that you have the option versus being forced into one. So uh, in your in your playthroughs here, did you ever get one of the endings other than uh, linking the fire? Snuffing Do you remember? the fire. <laughs> Snuffing the fire? Okay. So that could have actually been... There's a couple... I mean, most of the other ones are snuffing the fire in one way or another. Um, but we should talk about we should talk about the final boss before we talk about the endings, because you have to get all of these Lord Souls together, right? Similar deal to Dark Souls One, actually. It's the same story. Um, you're getting the Lord Souls together, getting the boys, <laughs> <laughs> cracking the club up with the boys. <laughs> um. Put all their ashes, get uh, the bonfire active, and it'll teleport you to what is basically like one of the ends of time. Yeah, the, it's the killing of the first flame. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about this boss? So it's not my favorite fight wise, but design wise, it's really cool uh, because you already have the sun that's kind of bleeding out. Yeah, you have like that dark sign up in the sky, and then you're yeah, essentially the going to the dark sign, right? Yeah, you go like yeah. to this giant kiln, uh, and you, it's like kind of like an arena of broken bodies, and there is like a small bonfire, and this the soul of Cinder kind of gets up and looks at you, and you start this fight. And what's really cool is he switches between these different combat styles, mm-hmm. and you're like. That seems all right, guy. <laughs> so you have to learn how to do it a little bit, but it's kind of meant to represent all of the other people who have gone through their different yeah. paths, their different stories, their different play styles for how they either lit the fire or snuffed it out. And then in a second phase, it kind of reminds me of hmm, who's that? Uh, oh, <laughs> Gwyn, Lord <Yeah>. of Cinder. <laughs> like it's verbatim the exact same move set. I don't recall His if the music, music changes in. as well. Does it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Gwyn's theme comes in. It's a. It's. I get. I'm literally getting tingles now talking about it and thinking about it. And it the was first really time cool. it happened. Yeah. It was so good. I agree. He's probably not. He may be the most memorable boss, but he's probably not the most fun. He's not that hard compared no. to the other bosses. He's not super difficult or super intricate in design. Uh, it's more of his implication and the fight itself. Yeah, it it's a hundred percent just every other time that you've been you're fighting one of the inheritors of the flame the lord of cinder uh it's always just like an npc right and in this one you fully get the weight of no this is every single person who's beaten dark souls mm-hmm. um just the representation of all of them i'm like man there's some serious togetherness going on right now and i feel it um, and it's really freaking cool. Yeah, it was a nice end to Dark Souls 3. It's kind of like, that could also be me, right? And somebody else's mm-hmm. boss. Because yeah. it's essentially the end of every player's journey. Yeah. Is being that boss slash beating that boss. Yeah, it's 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 the full, it's closing the loop. That's I think I think you put it the right way the end of everybody's journey 
and so you can you can choose to after having beaten the boss um uh, ignite the flame or based off of some other choices there's actually way more endings in this one than any other dark souls game um you can go through Henri's storyline uh and follow the path of dark which is always at war with the fire in the dark Souls series and uh, usurp the flame um basically steal it and snuff it more or less to become the new dark lord <laughs> which is maybe even too edgy for me <laughs> well age of dark is not necessarily synonymous with age of man right it's just the absence of fire yeah although dark and the philosophy of dark souls dark and man darkness and mankind and humanity in particular humanity and dark are very closely related um most obviously if you go back to dark souls one and ulisil like that was unkempt humanity that was humanity running rampant Mm -hmm. and it was just monstrosities out the wazoo (laughs) um uh so that was the usurpation of fire there's the end of fire which is if you gave the firekeeper the firekeeper's eyes and there's some really cool dialogue where she's like why did you give me this knowledge she sees the end of fire which is something she can't usually comprehend by because of her role Mm -hmm. and she's like do you seriously want me to do this do you seriously want me to like end the fire and she'll take the fire like to herself um and uh claim the fire instead of you uh and then there's a moment there's this there's like five seconds i think after she takes the fire where it switches from a cutscene back to playable gameplay and you can kill her in those five seconds or do nothing that's fine <laughs> um, <laughs> which one did you do jake i did i did both uh different different playthroughs but um if you let her keep it it's the end of fire and if you kill her, it's the unkindled ending, which I don't requ- I don't quite remember what happens there. But I love when games do that, though, where it's like, hey, cutscene. By the way, the fire is fading. The screen's growing dark. You have control again. What do you do? That's really cool. Because if you'd let the screen go dark, done. Credits. I wish Dark Souls would just give me a dialogue box at the end saying, hey, did you enjoy playing Dark Souls? Which ending right. would you like? Right. Let me delete my save to make the uh, the final encounter easier for everybody else. That's a different game. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get there someday, right? Yeah. Um, but I was, I was happy when, I think this was 2016 or something like that, when it first came out. I was happy with this ending, and then the DLC just fully closed the book for me, and put a nice bow on it yeah and there are a lot of dlcs that i've played with games and like the fuck was that where it just seemed like <laughs> an extra five minutes that they wanted to tack on and like yeah you wanted 10 of my dollars okay they kind of just duct tape something to the main experience and they're just yeah. here you go here's a side quest it's not really my jam but i mean with these dlcs on top of this uh, the painted world of ariandel is super cool in design. Um, makes me like birds a whole lot less. <laughs> the, the corvians or whatever. And the fucking flies. Oh, Rotog. yeah, yeah. Oh, Not yeah. Not my no. jam. Find a nice place to rest. <laughs> but like that has 
probably one of my favorite boss fights because it's just so fucking cool. Is it uh, the the actual the final boss fight, or is it the uh, the, the guy and the wolf? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's the it's the actual boss fight. Um, yeah, Sister Frida and Father Ariandel, right? Yeah. yeah, because it's like you fight one, and then you fight both, and then you fight both. Like it's, yeah, you fight one again, but she's super saiyan <laughs> yeah it's just they really do a lot with it each time because mm-hmm. like for me i can't necessarily easily conceptualize hey what would be a really cool universe to put the player in that's going to be new yeah. and different but also still ties into dark souls lore and they're like hey remember the painted world from dark souls one what if there was another painted world how about that yeah. and you get to explore this whole other sub dimension essentially and I just really like what they do with it and how it actually ties into the story as well. I think Painted World's probably my favorite Mario level. <laughs> <laughs> Big um, cast on the painting, Mama Me. <laughs> as your uh, you died. Blip, 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 blip. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is all the the TLDR of the Painted World, which I love. And the story goes through Painted World and the Ring City. But you are being led by Slave Knight Gale. Mm-hmm. I believe throws you into the painted world. No, well, he pulls you in. He doesn't throw you in. I was still on Mario. <laughs> um, by having you touch a piece of fabric that like is from that world. Which actually still matches Dark Souls 1. You found the doll. Mm-hmm. Which is from the world. So it pulls you in. Um, but uh, he wants you to get this little girl. Teacher. Well, not get the little girl. Find this little girl, show her fire, which is necessary to destroy the painted world so it can be remade, because right now it's decaying. Um, but Father Ariandel, Sister Frida, they don't want that. They see the end of uh, what is. And kind of kind of like, it's almost an um, analogy for the Dark Souls series and FromSoft being stuck in that series. Um, I think I think it's not it's not a stretch. I think to make that comparison. No, I think they were looking to kind of tie it off. I mean, obviously they weren't done making games in general or Souls like games because there was Sekiro mm-hmm. afterwards. But I think they're willing to kind of put the bow on Dark Souls as a series. Say, hey, this has been good. We'll still do, we'll still do another DLC after this one, but then we're mm-hmm. done. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's an awesome boss fight. It's one of the very few phase uh, boss fights in the game that has more than two phases. I actually can't think of any others off the top of my head. Mm. Pretty sure this is it. It's the um, only three phaser, and it's it's tough. Like it has different mechanics in each one, different things to watch out for, and it also feels like. It feels like a Bloodborne duel is what it feels like when you're fighting Sister Frida because she's all you better dodge this or it's over and you're like I better dodge this or it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know in my With first science. playthrough I was going very much a great sword. So she would initially in phase one there's a move where she will turn invisible and like move. Yeah. Reposition. 
but you can like see footsteps or like there's a slight indication. So that you can hear her up, too. Uh, a weapon slash for where she was going to be. I was like, yep, got her. Bam. To be fair, this is like on the 35th time when I was making the attempts where I was like, all right, I know phase one. Yeah. And then phase two, Father Arianda, who's just in the back the whole time. He's more of a, in a chair. Kind of a giant, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely a giant. Yeah, but he's just like sitting in a chair and he has like this giant stone bowl, mm-hmm. which is like a little kiln just on his lap. He, he's tied to the chair and he like drags, smashes the kiln towards you trying to get to you. Yeah, in phase two, he kind of like yeah. break. He's like, I'm not sitting down. I'm not <laughs> taking the sitting down. But yeah, um, <laughs> like he's kind of like throwing hot coals everywhere and like mm-hmm. molten lava is kind of splashing out of the thing as he's like smashing it towards you and like using it to propel himself forward. Yeah. Also, she's That's attacking a- you at the same time. So, yeah. She has um, the only mercy they have for that fight is in phase two. If she's at long range, she'll prefer to do the um, the ice splash like line attacks of frostbite, um, which is only it's a pain if you don't see it coming. Otherwise, you can avoid it. But that allows you to get some hits on Ariandel um, if he's on his own. And it is recommended to take him out, I think, before her, <laughs> because otherwise he's just going to barrel through and coat everything and fire that's gonna be a bad time yeah but that was really solid dlc phase three is black flame frida which is just again so good and scythes i'm done i'm done but scythes <laughs> i'm forever a scythe dude i had a scythe playthrough in dark souls 3 and they're the freaking fun Scythes are just thematically cool it's yeah, also it's used for me to say thematically the uh the only downside to scythes is the poise break critical stab uh, you stab the whole side through their body, and that doesn't make any sense. At no point does that make sense. Um, no, it doesn't. Um, the uh, but yeah, that's the first. The first DLC is you getting the little girl up to the attic, and the second DLC is following Slave Night Gale to um, what is ultimately the end of the world <laughs> uh, to figure out what he's up to. And there's a princess, and there's an egg. <laughs> And there's some time travel and a bunch of crazy stuff happens. There's these preachers that are like, let the feast begin. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's little bugs. But uh, ultimately, there's a, the boss fight with Gale after he has consumed the dark soul from these uh, from the pygmies, which were referenced in the opening cinematic. Won. Of Dark Souls one, yeah, literally full full conclusion. Do you remember the Gale fight? I do remember the Gale fight. <laughs> <laughs> the Gale fight was uh, so everything in the Dark Souls three DLC for Ringed City, um, a lot of the weapons and things happening in it were much more anime, to say the yes. least. Uh-huh. Um, we were just like, what the fucking shit? Um, it just becomes very intense very quickly. So Slave Knight Gale has a repeater crossbow that he can use. He has he's like a super buff version of the Gale you saw previously. Yeah. He still has it's knight like armor. Evelyn, I think is the repeater. Avalyn, Evelyn, one of those. I don't remember if I ever crafted it actually. Yeah. Which is really cool. He has a broken sword, but not a short broken sword. Yeah. It's a, a long sword, but it, it's kind of like snapped in half. Mm-hmm. Um but he has a lot of great combos are very quick. Yeah. He air juggles you. 
Yeah, he air he juggles you. <laughs> this is anime now. This is anime. He has um his first phase, he's a little slower. You can dodge some of his stuff. It's a little more predictable. His second phase, Blood of the Dark Soul, like seeps out of his body or whatever from one of your cuts. Goes on his sword, which lights it on fire. As as it like, does. As it does. And he's like, ah, this is the blood of the is this the blood of the dark soul? And uh, or power of the dark soul. And then he goes full anime. His cape does damage to you in the second phase. Like as an after image to his attacks, he'll swing his sword and his cape will fly behind it and hurt you. (laughs) It's like it's it's nuts, but in a good way. I really like that fight and kind of in the same way at the end of Dark Souls one, you're kind Mm -hmm. of going to like an ashen hollowed out. You're going to the kiln to fight. Yeah. Excuse me. um, Gwyn. Yeah. In the same way, when you kind of come to this end of time, you're going on these like sandy dunes. You see like these destroyed buildings. You scream these damn dirty apes. Um, (laughs) And then you kind of find him at the end of time. And the screen actually zooms in. There's a cutscene when you arrive and it's like, hey, oh no, it zooms out. Shows you the decrepit princess with a broken egg because you've been warped to the end of time. And then it zooms out all the way and you just see ash for miles and miles and nothing but ruins. And it's it's so good. It's such a good scene. Why do you guys listen to us? Play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like our podcast recap of something is always going to be a very shitty representation to the actual thing. Because like a lot of this is like us recanting regaling these stories from we played through dark souls one we've watched videos about it played our through dark souls two and it's been like an ongoing thing so like to finally see the culmination of the series yeah uh, come together oof this is like this is like a child right like this is what for someone who's <laughs> not gonna have <laughs> for someone who's not gonna have kids beating dark souls 3 is like ah they've grown up they've graduated oh you're saying it's like this is a major okay. life event for okay. me okay it's like watching them grow up yes because you said oh it's like a, like a child it's like beating i'm like where's this going uh, <laughs> but yeah if you uh, the other nice thing not to harp too much on the gale fight he has a lightning move where he calls lightning from the sky and this is this is dirty this is dirty from the game the first time but later i was assaulted by all of these like red spirits that fly at you as a projectile and i was like how in the world am i supposed to dodge that where do i know where those come from like side of the screen nonsense. Eventually I found out where the lightning strikes is where these red spirits spawn. Oh, and so it's not an immediate attack. Yes. And I was like, my God, like, what are you doing game? What are you doing? And he also has tons of health. You can't cheese him down. You have to just get in a couple hits and actually learn the fight. It's, almost impossible to shield to cheese this guy unless you go really out of your way for it so feels good yeah but i feel like all bosses it feels good to beat them the non-cheesy way mm-hmm. i don't think you can summon people for it either no i don't think so i think it's a straight up one-on-one dark souls to the end actually the end of dark souls <laughs> <laughs> fight and if you beat him you get the dark soul which is kind of a big deal it's actually just an yeah. achievement on Steam for me. 
And uh, if you return all the way back to the painter in the painted world, you can give it to her. And she and can she will paint begin a new world with the dark soul. With the dark soul. It's also good. It really is. Um, it's a game that is a game series in general. That's like just so steeped with lore. Mm. A lot of it is like through minor dialogues and item descriptions, which is why I have the compendium that I need to uh, read through. But they just can't keep you from buying compendiums, can they? Shut up, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Dota joke. Uh, Got to meet the quota. Quota for Dota. <laughs> <laughs> That's our next segment we're working on right now. Um, yeah. But no, I really... If we have time, we'll put it in after this. <laughs> <laughs> looks at the clock already. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's been like four hours, but I'll see if I can cut this down to like an hour 30 with intro. Yeah, just take out the, the Joe Rogan sections. We'll be all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Dark Souls 3, I still stand by as being the best iteration of Dark Souls. And Mm -hmm. also, it has the DLCs as a part of it in my book. So having that all together, it easily kicks the ass of 1 and 2. And especially if you've played 1 and 2, you can appreciate 3 all that much more. Yeah. It's so fucking good. It's probably one of my top 5 favorite games of all time, Dark Souls 3. It is crack. Every time I go to play it, that is a week just gone. Goodbye week. So, yeah. There's so many cool enemies, areas, boss fights, and -hmm. other things that literally it would take us five hours to cover all of them. Um, Right. That's just one game. (laughs) Right. But you guys won't hear all of it. Post cut. (laughs) If you would like to hear the full episode, please subscribe to our Patreon. (laughs) Right. At (laughs) giveusmoney.com. Don't go there. If that That probably exists, and we won't get the money. (laughs) Um, As always, if you'd like to record five hours of content for something else, uh, you could do that if you want. By sending in your request to soapstone podcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast. Might kind of be pointless since you know we've completed it. We're done. You know, we're good. But you could say that you were following the whole time. Maybe we wouldn't notice. As always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night, champion of Ash. To the true let him grant death to the old gods of Lordran, deliverers of the first flame.